0: Philosophy, religion, politics, and gaming, and anything else taboo. Taboo. (laughs) (laughs) We are here in a very small room. We're in the—is it the red room or the yellow room?
1: No, it's the red room. Red room.
0: Favorite room. Red room of the Fisher Library, uh, here at the University of Sydney. (laughs) Kicking crap. (laughs) That's how small it is. (laughs) We're here in a cupboard, Uh, and in, in this cupboard we found. Ray Radford,
2: I'm essentially a goblin. Why? Mm. I, I mean, I am the office dumbledore, boy, as we have discovered. The office, office what? Dumbledore. I'm like a friendly little helper thing that lives in the office, and oh, okay. if you need something, I can find it. What's a dumbledore?
1: Though I've never heard of that. Term. Slavic,
2: um, oh. Slavic mythology. Please, a Dumbledore. <laughs> not
1: yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all spied that beard. Um, not that that amount of dead though. Spoilers. Did he die? He. He he did, yeah. Okay. Ben but, uh,
1: hates Harry Potter.
0: I do. First three. You do as well. Mm, yeah. Terrible. Um. Anyway, I'm Ben Vanassik.
1: I'm Tara Smith.
0: Uh, we're both PhD award-winning. Yay. People. <laughs> From the University of Sydney, uh, and Ray is also a PhD. Uh, also award-winning. Award-winning. Yeah.
2: award-winning. Are you? Well, not for a PhD. I mean, I got the highest honours mark. Oh, yeah, so that's pretty good. Did. Yeah, Rachel McKinnon Prize, I believe it was. Rachel McKinnon. Who was Rachel McKinnon? No, no freaking clue. <laughs> I tried googling it, and it was just like.
0: We've done this before where we go, oh,
2: yeah, yeah, we're
0: in the John Woolley building and hang on, who's John Woolley? And we're like both blank-faced looking at each other, realising we're recording
2: at this time and we don't know anything. I know, like I tried Googling who she was and <laughs> literally Google just gave me back a shrug and was like, mm, yeah.
1: Luckily don't. we have a fact checker that listens to every episode. That's true.
2: Yeah, Mark will fact <laughs> well, check this. He'll find this. out. He'll
1: know who Rachel when we're given.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he will. Um, we'll get back to you on that when this is published. Uh, oh, yes. This will be published after the fact that we are recording this. So, mm-hmm. um, as a timeless question that I would like to enter into this completely unprovoked and, you know, with absolute surprise, because we've mm-hmm. never recorded this before. Uh, oh, never. No. <laughs> uh, what was your first um, band
2: memory, Raymond? Uh, I saw Tool when I was 16, 17. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like... 2000 2001 at the now long gone long dead entertainment center Mm. um also just sneaky aside apparently they're touring next year in february i saw um but yeah that was my first memory Mm.
1: that's february 2020 just yeah (laughs) i'm not sure when we're gonna
2: yeah (laughs) 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 hopefully this will be held over until next christmas next (laughs) christmas (laughs) so uh we're already to (laughs) it It was good. <laughs> I, I decided to wait until I saw how much the tickets were going to cost me before I went. The door. Uh, Rage Against the Machine are coming
0: back as well. Yeah, they're just is doing the...
2: Coachella. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, they're doing a, a number of things and then Coachella. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a Mexico tour, I think, is the the whole basis of it. Mm, That'll be good. Break down the borders
2: and all that. Mm.
0: We need more Rage Against the Machine. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Considering the best, <laughs> considering the best part, actually, this is gonna date it because you know, like Rage Against the Machine, blah blah blah. Hey. But also, like you know, I just like the oh, fact so that Rage Against this the 10 Machine. Years ago, no, no. <laughs> yeah. no, but Rage Against the Machine announced a comeback, but also My Chemical Romance. And as soon as Rage no, against, against the machine. machine announced it, oh, where did that whole MCR thing go? Oh yeah, away. Thank you.
1: I've what? never liked those bands. <laughs> Too angsty. Hmm.
0: Mm. My Chemical Romance. Don't yes, You're My Chemical they Romance. Oh God, no. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: oh were you were about to say you like them, and then you are waiting no. to get... No, no, Yeah, you were. You were being Wait no, 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 waiting for like Ray's response. No,
0: no, you. I've had former staff members that have been in love with them, and... Oh, and that's okay. why they're former. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be an interview question from now on. <laughs> my Chemical Romance, what's your first reaction? And if there's a gag reflex, <laughs> then yeah, that's fine. Congratulations, Giants. <laughs> yeah. The same
1: with, like, Green Day, all those, like, dweeby, yeah. emo, like...
0: Green Day that had like one or two good songs and then that
1: oh was that one good. that always plays at the year's
0: reunion <laughs> so, something
1: cool. unpredictable
0: oh yeah I that's, the, that's the Seinfeld finale so that tears me up because oh. I like Seinfeld not because yeah. I like Green Day
1: yeah but it's in the they, every school year six reunion had that same song
0: how many like how many year six reunion? one
1: <laughs> they play that stupid song it's everyone. Like,
0: everyone. That yeah. I've been at. 100% of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I go every year <laughs> back to Byron to Just, sit
0: there, just to double off, check. Just to check. To <laughs> yeah. As soon as they play the uh, Green Day song, you'd yeah. like start booing, holding yeah. up a protest sign. Get
1: rid of Green Day. Must run is that care. your laptop trying to take off?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not sounding good this Isn't this
1: though. a new laptop? Isn't this only like a few years?
0: It is. No, but, like, a few months? Yeah, but there's something. Bro. There is a program that must be sucking up That's so, so much memory.
1: Does not sound good. I don't think it's Facebook Messenger.
0: <laughs> no, it's something on here. I don't know.
1: Ben's just cr- closing all these windows. Yeah. Such
0: pornography.
1: Yeah, I know, Ben. <laughs> God. Pornhub
2: subscription. Like, well, like it's, um, we like to think we're open-minded, but man, that's something that's sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's an untapped um, resource here at Sydney University where they oh, yeah, give you free
1: data. Use the wi Free data, yeah.
0: Download all of the things.
1: Anyway, um, what about you,
0: Ben? First mu- music memory. What? Me? Oh, um, what did I say last time? Tizen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tizen at Homebake. Um, wearing their backpacks and dancing around. And there was rumours at the time that there was a politician. Um, for you? That was, no, I wasn't oh. a politician at the time. But um, uh, there was a politician that was part of
2: the band. I always like the story yeah. that they were all private school teachers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they couldn't <laughs> Their ID, no. Identification, no. So I, did, I, I used to work with um, a young lady whose dad was one of the founding members of Tism. Wow. Um He was one of the guitarists back in the day. That's cool. Um, but not a teacher or a politician. So oh. that kind of ruined Tism. Mm. Yeah.
0: I really like Tism. Yeah, yeah, me too. They oh, still hold I, up. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then the same, and you reminded me of this, uh, right at, at the same um, home bake. There was um, Girling, as Girling, well. Girling, yeah. Yeah, I only remember one or two of their songs actually being played at the time. I love Girling, and they're still on my playlist. Um, but yeah, Tism, I still remember, like, being in the Triple J tent, it being yeah. stinking hot, people climbing up the, you know, the, the pole things and jumping off, and yeah, it being very smoky and loud. It was good. I liked it. Mm. Yep. Mm. So, uh, Tara, you're smoky, loud... Triple J experience?
1: Well, it was, I had Bob Goldhoff at Blues Fest when I was like 14.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, He's sort of yes.
1: Yeah, triple J-esque? Not
0: really. He's old school. It's
2: double J-esque.
0: Yeah. yeah, but
1: I can't remember the other band I said last time. Was it, tri- it was Tripod? Yeah, Tripod mm. is another band I saw at Bangalore. What do you,
2: what do you mean last time, Tara? There's oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think we
1: should we should explain. So yeah. We did do a recording of this, but it was too windy, so this yeah. is take two. So <laughs> we it <laughs> did it
0: last week, and then I was editing it, and then noticed some of the audio lines were just flat lined up so yeah yeah no so, one would have heard anything
1: so this is new to you but not to us who we've had this conversation yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well that's okay that's okay There's new perfection. things might come out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: this is like the take two of all of the great artworks that yeah I've what happened in, to so tripod i think they're still around are they i think man man. i the like product. funny
1: songs do you guys they're like probably funny
0: songs touring rsl clubs <laughs> all over the place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean um, you see ash barker was playing a bargo Really?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. He's made it.
0: I can't believe anyone plays at Bargo. Can't believe anyone still dips in Bargo. (laughs)
2: That's just the whole Tom Nordomy rivalry thing. Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) Bargo's not that bad. It's actually got a lot of gentrification
2: now. So So, so they've no longer got six fingers? My comment on that. These are my <laughs> constituents you're talking about here. Yeah. My former constituents. We've lived there since I was
0: 18, it's fine. That's true. So. Yeah. Um, they, can, they can lynch you. Do you
1: want yeah. to do a bit of an introduction to how you guys you know, grew up, where you grew up? Because people oh, I mean, yes. might even know where Bargo is. I don't That's know. true.
0: Um, so I, uh, my family um, moved to the country, where it was the country at the time, past okay. Campbelltown. Um, to the Woollendilly Shire area, and I lived in Picton, I went to St Anthony's um, Primary School, and then I went to Picton High, not knowing anyone. Um, And the year below me, there were some people that used to hang around a tree, Uh, (laughs) and they used to play music and were referred to as the hippies under the tree. Um, (laughs) And uh, we were referred to as those woggy nerds at the library. (laughs) So, So I think that was... Is that right? Yeah. I was the Sounds waggy right. nerd. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was one of the woggy nerds at the library. So there was the, the Lebanese family and myself. You um, were like that's the totality of the ethnics. That's right! That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's four of us. <laughs> uh, in a school of like three or four hundred, four. Yeah, that's, that's a percentage like, that the, were. Then there were like
2: the two lafoos and hmm. that was, you know, the other part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very white.
0: but yeah, part of the hippies under the tree
1: right yeah yeah but you guys weren't really friends at school. was that right
2: well you we I hung think, out there's like it was a lot of um interconnection with that with the group.
0: groups yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. sally collins i think was an interconnector between mm-hmm. the two of us um and my now brother-in-law simon mm-hmm. lando was in your year and you knew simon i knew he's well. like, like a him. Yeah, until he, <laughs> until he left. Nickname, to, uh Chev. Yeah. Uh, was it Chef
2: he went
0: to? Or well, he dropped out and he was doing his um, apprenticeship, which didn't mm. work out really well for him because then he could buy a house early. And then he went back to Chef. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we knew each other through that period, but um, we weren't directly friends yeah, or yeah. anything like that. And then I, you know, years later, enrolled here at Sydney University and we were walking after a department final. Seminar. a so something seminar, yeah. One of the many, many end of semester drinks that our department puts on, which seems to in be the first week. Was it the the start? Or I don't it... know. I just <laughs> feel like we have we have drinks just for pretty much everything. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah. It's a week. Let's have drinks, right? The um, day that ends in Y. Yay! Uh, so yeah, one of those. Um, we were walking together, and I said something to someone, saying, "Oh, you know, yeah." Uh, they asked me how long it's going to take me to get home, and I went, Oh, it's about two hours. You know, um, no one really lives out that way. And tell me, and you're like, What? Where do you live? And I'm like, Yeah, tell me. And then, you, and then you said, Hang on a second, what's your name? And I said, You know, Ben I And you're like, Oh, yeah. And then we sort yeah. of connected, and yeah. That's yeah. so cute. Now,
1: mm. friends forever. Yeah. yeah.
0: But we both look very different from when we were in high school.
1: Is so that why you didn't recognize each other straight away?
0: Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you see old photos of Ray, he looks very different. And I have got, gotten significantly more beardy and blindy. Mm. <laughs> mm. And yeah, if, I feel that one. Um,
1: yeah. But we're not here just to reminisce of old Bargo days. No? No, so... It's not Bargo days. Whatever.
0: Like, but don't care, don't yeah. care. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's <a> tease. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> we're from the Golden Triangle. <laughs> don't, don't care. <laughs>
1: really don't. don't. Or time or time. Really don't care. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> do right, you want to give us an intro about what your PhD, blah, blah, blah? Uh, well, go
2: through your honours first. Yeah,
1: maybe go through your honours.
2: Go through my honours. I did my honours in... Um, it's the easiest way to put this. Look, viewing secular sites as religious sites. So how feelings and emotions um, basically create new narratives for sites. So, you know, if you go to a church, you might feel at ease, you might feel peace, blah, blah, blah. But then in an increasingly secular world where... You know, the nuns are sort of rising up the census ranks. Um, why people go to places like Rensselaer Chateau in the south of France, mm. which is a conspiracist hotbed. Um, you know, so you go there, and somewhere in the in the, in the the mountainside is lost Templar treasure or, you know, uh, the bones of Jesus. You know, there's, there's all these different stories. Jesus' family's there, isn't mm-hmm. it? Holy blood, holy grail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but then it's sort of like, well, what about urban exploration why people go there seek out abandoned buildings um, why they attach meaning to these things like you know we have to have this whole filling empty spaces with things that may not necessarily be there Mm. so utilizing people like Lovecraft who would go well this is all despondent and dark so there must be some form of creature that lives in there Mm. Um, and that was what my, my honors was about just looking at how the interplay between narrative and history um, create a new narrative. So when you say that you're looking at that, were you looking at how
0: people journey towards those? So are you are looking at spiritual tourism or are you looking at the actual
2: narrative looking, creation of those? There's tourism? more narrative creation of that. I was okay. at one point tempted to do the spiritual tourism aspect of it, mm. but then it was more just the act of urban exploration. It's not so much a pilgrimage or a secular or a spiritual tourism thing, is it is just a... Oh, here's a site, let's go in. Because a lot of it is... is it, a lot of it is... Um, very much... Impromptu. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of it is very much impromptu of... Oh, look, there's an abandoned building. Let's go in and check it out. Um, there mm. are sites that are... Very much... Dedicated to... Being explored by... People. You know, there, there is the Cave Clan... In Australia... Who have uh, you know? by the story goes, they have keys to pretty much every drain in Sydney. What?
1: I've heard
2: of these people. the cave cave clan. Cave clan. Okay. Yeah, they're um, an organization of urban exploration types who basically believe that they're allowed to go and explore storm drains and places <laughs> because their tax dollars pay for the upkeep. <laughs> so wow. technically, they should be allowed to go and explore. Okay. Sounds um, dangerous.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there
2: have been deaths. <laughs> And this is—I um, told my uncle this once, and um, he used to work for um, Sydney Water, and he goes, "Ah, oh, those are the bastards that made me have to keep replacing all the locks." <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, that's them." Are they the ones that they go?
0: Uh, maybe I shouldn't say. Okay, there's there's one of the train stations around Circular Quay. Uh, sorry, not not Circular Quay. Around the city circle that you can. Oh, jump the under the. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can jump down and then go um, through one of the tunnels and then backtrack. And there's all of these other okay. tunnels and platforms yep. that were created ready for new train stations that were planned, built, and then they did the design work of the city circle and decided, well, actually having all of these forks off a main circle in the middle of the city is probably not a good idea. Yep. In hindsight, that's, they that's actually probably the right mm. decision. Um, but, yeah, so these are the guys that jump down there and yep. go looking. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Little mole men.
2: I mean, they... Mm-hmm. they um, um, they, they embody the Leave No Trace thing. So, uh, you know, you go there, they won't leave any
0: signifiers. <laughs> they're no
2: graffiti. <laughs> yeah. But it's always people who then emulate them and leave graffiti or yeah. trash behind. That gives most of them a bad name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There
0: there's anti-Vietnam um, War graffiti
2: in a lot of those places. Mm. and that's At yeah. least these, things, these places have been explored for a long time. Mm. So it's sort of in the last... 20 years or so, urban exploration especially, has become this huge thing uh, with the advent of the internet especially, where yeah. you can get a Tumblr and you just upload your photos. But then you've got other urban exploration types who will, um, especially in Japan, um, it's called hikio, and my, my pronunciation is terrible, but they will go to great pains to basically crop out any identifying landmarks. Oh. Or, like, they'll take photos. You
1: mean the people posting the photos? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so they basically, they will look after this site, but to look after it, they will basically hide it from the rest of the world. Right. Yeah, or at least from the rest of the population. So it's sharing components of it, but not sharing anything else. Yeah. so basically, you know, they won't show if it's next to a building. Oh. You know, it'll just be, or like mountain ranges or, or a forest, because you know, there are identifiers and go, oh, I know that mountain range, you know, it must be in yeah. that area kind of thing. Um, so they sort of do that, hmm. um, whereas here it's just a case of free for all. Yeah, um, and then the, then there are the ones who like to co- climb up onto roofs and um, the cranes, hmm. and take photos. Okay. I I, I forgot a... the word of crane. For a there. <laughs> so.
0: These people are doing this, and you're looking at them. How does that connect to you being
2: in the studies of religion department? What What's the interconnection? Well, I was looking at it as a religious um, point of view, and then what? Because I was looking at specifically from a conspiracist point of view, right? Where the conspiracy becomes an encompassing part of who they are and what they believe in, and therefore can be, you know, somewhat. Tenable to the point of religious belief. Hmm. Um, And that's sort of what I'm quite interested in. I I mean, I really should have done that for my PhD rather than angry white people. But uh, here we are. (laughs) Uh, I have chosen well. Uh, Yeah, that's what I was going for. So it's sort of like attaching spiritual and religious significance to these sites and then choosing to um, fill them with stories and narratives and history that's not necessarily the history that they come with or the history that they have, but it's now the history. Mm. And like That's where, you know, like ghost stories, um, things like um, North Head, the quarantine station, I looked at that. And it's sort of like the, the history of it now is, oh, look at all those ghosts that are there, mm. not the 40,000 years of indigenous history that's attached to the land. Mm. Even though that was also the point of um, the settlers giving... Um, the indigenous population blankets with smallpox on them, stuff like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not really... known. You, you can go and read that history, but if you ask anyone about the quarantine station, it's like, oh, them ghosts, mm-hmm. or oh, them ghosts. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And so you now your PhD is kind of moving a little bit away towards that and looking more at the angry white man. What, do you want to maybe explain the change and then also what your PhD is looking? Well,
2: my PhD was meant to be more along the lines of what I was doing with my honours, but I was going to look at it from a, in a larger context of countries, and countries who don't look at the history beyond a certain amount of time. So I was going to look at Europe, America, and Japan, um, specifically looking at the point of most of America, sort of, the history starts from World War Two, and that's where a lot of the pro-America kind of thing comes from. Uh, Europe has a 60,000 year history, at least because um, if you go to the Chavo Caves, it's, there's cave paintings that they've estimated to be about 60,000 years. And it sort of seems to be this whole, they don't want to look at these far histories, even though this is what they're built on. And so it comes to a case of, well, we'll just look at it from World War Two. This is where we proved ourselves, we've showed our metal, and we'll just sort of disregard everything else up until that point. And Japan had this weird, um... They they also kind of want to look after World War Two because of all the things they did before World mm-hmm. War Two, or during World War Two and before that, um, to the point where you get these people who are like, no, we just need to forget what we did in World War Two, and then you have these really extreme ultranationalists in Japan, which are like, nope, we need to go back to that, we need to kick the foreigners out, we need to reestablish our borders, reestablish our military, and just basically be as Japanese as we were in the show in the um the Showa period. So these are um. Counter-cultural revolutionary
0: movements, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So you got the cultural revolutions which took place in all three regions mm-hmm. where you, you've mentioned um, that throughout what was prior, yep. um, particularly you can see then in China and Japan, yep. which was a very visual thing, mm-hmm. removing the cultural dress, um, removing the imperial status, having the um, the kingdom still existing, so having the, the figurehead of the monarchy, but then not continuing on that in any sort of power sense. Mm. Mm. Um, so these movements then look at that period of being, what, a golden era prior yep. to the second
2: War, Right. So do they less in Japan at least yeah in um, America and Europe they just basically want to go oh look at all the great things we did in World War Two. right you know all, except maybe Germany um, but yeah so that was where I was going with that and then I was in Europe earlier this year and I was having a lot of conversations with people because I was at the EASR and there's only about 700 scholars there <laughs> and it's only a few small yeah it very tiny it was
0: like <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah, it's sort of, and then after Christchurch and, um, a few other things popped up, it was a case of, well, I can take that idea and shift it into looking at the Great Replacement Theory that is being spouted by a lot of these groups. And, um, so that's what my PhD is on now. Uh, angry white people in America and Europe Mm. who are afraid of being usurped and overtaken and overthrown by people who are not them. Or have the same values as them, and that's the great replacement. And that's the great replacement. But I'm also looking at it from a point of view of well, it's already happened, but because it didn't happen to white people, it's not considered a great replacement. It's considered uh, civilizing the savages, as uh, one of the one of the books I read called it. It's oh. like oh, good, okay, yeah.
0: So they they specifically point to um, aspects of removing culture from um, what indigenous people. As being
2: a so, civilized mode
0: of, of mm-hmm. existence?
2: Yeah. Uh, so when um, the white race turned up on the shores of America, uh-huh. they were bringing with them civilization, and they were civilizing the those savages in America. And then, you know, they did nothing wrong. Okay. But then the great thing is, um, well, not the great thing. It's, um, the guy who tweened the term the Great Replacement refers to Europeans as the indigenous of Europe. Yeah, so he's utilizing the same vernacular to, you know, sort of like, oh no, we need to save ourselves. It's like, ah, uh, okay. Do they? They don't notice that there is like a contradiction, obviously happening there. Well, I think it's a great deal of cognitive dissonance, right? Um, but also, I think it's a case of, well, they just think they're better and more mighty mm. and worth preserving and worth saving, mm. um, because you know, then they, then they adapt to go, oh, look, we've been here for 60,000 years, you know, we've gone from the Stone Age to the Romans to the, you know, to the Gauls, and we've we've expanded, and we've been here, and we've done all this stuff, we shouldn't be taken over by people from another country and another race. Yeah, right, But then you have those people who are like, um, the ultra-nationalists who are like, we should just keep everyone in their own country, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, there's a guy called Vag Bukonez after the Christchurch shooting. This one thing I was kind of like, ah, oh, I kind of agree with you on this, mate, but you're a dickhead still. Um, where he was saying, so he goes, he got asked about the Christchurch shooting. And he goes, he was an idiot. What, like, why was he shooting Muslims in New Zealand and carrying on about this in Europe? Yeah. If he was really concerned, he should have been shooting Muslims in Europe. Because New Zealand should be free for the Maori. You know, mm. so keep New Zealand from the Maori Australia gets the indigenous populations uh, and the Europeans go back to Europe anyone just stays where they belong there's no there's no cross-cultural sort of divides it's just a case of well that's yours that's yours that's yours
1: what if you've got kind of dual citizenship where would you go
0: Wow <laughs> yeah and that's so that's that's the interesting thing you know I, so I've spoken to, People like that from my own area. and Some Mm. of them campaigned against me for council. And, you know, they referred to me as Slavic. (laughs) Like, that's only partially true. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the majority is not there. And then I started thinking about, well, you know,
2: if I did have to go back to somewhere, that place no Mm. longer exists. That's it. I mean, that's Um, one of the things I'm looking at is the Roma. mm. Like, in Europe, there's this weird thing of what is European. Yeah and what is europe and the roma don't af- apply to any of it yeah you have a lot of countries france in particular attempting to tell the romanian government to take them and the romanian government's like why they're yeah. not from here yeah it's just because they have they're called the roma and the first four letters of our country are roma, roma yeah like that does because they're from a country that no longer exists yeah. or even the polish people who mm. are living in
0: scotland yeah. Um, they're referred to as the Poles. Yes, they speak that language, but lots of them
2: are from outside of the current Polish borders. Well, it comes down to this. there was a case in, in Australia. There's last year and the year before, um, there was a, a guy in Queensland who had bikey affiliation. He'd lived here since he was two. He was mm. born in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He was here since he was two. He's now 60-something. He'd had a business. He'd paid taxes, he, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he got pinged for some traffic offence. They went, "Oh, you've got bikey affiliation." So they shipped him off back to New Zealand. Yeah, it's kind of like at what point do you become that part of that country?
0: Yeah. Well, it comes further back. So um, Anthony Green um, shared this statistic about the last federal election. So the rule is, if you want to be in Parliament, you have to um, forego any nationality claim of any other country mm, yeah. that is possible. Someone ran, and his mother had a sperm donation in New Zealand, right? So <laughs> yeah. his father, his, his paternal, like his father is from New Zealand, we assume, mm-hmm. if that sperm well, the sperm was from New Zealand. So that's where she was, you know, sort of impregnated or whatever, um, you know, mm-hmm. successfully. Came to Australia, had the child. Child grows up, runs for parliament. Now, that man didn't actually get elected, but if he would have been elected... Under the claims that happened in the last term of parliament, with the whole Section Forty One and all of mm. that, that, you know, issue, potentially that guy would have been booted out of parliament for having been born of the sperm of someone from another country. It's weird. It's weird. Well, we
1: should just do DNA to for yeah, everybody. DNA, yeah, <laughs> my head hurts now. That, yeah, yeah,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, cause so how what what limit do you go to? And this is what I find difficult with. I, I find a lot difficult with a lot of the nationalist groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. like oh no, me too. No, oh really?
1: I find, I find it easier. Them hating
0: <laughs> <Them laughs> <having laughs> my actual race is a yeah. problem. <laughs> <it's>, really? What, <laughs> the first. <smiles? laughs> ah, yeah, that one too. Um, but beyond that, there just seems to be so many contradictions with a lot of their their stuff. Um, Tara, you were on that podcast. What was it called? The that guy. Um, oh
1: um, what out the, What the what the blank?
0: What the plan is that? I think so. Yeah, and or and... out of the blank. Okay. Yeah, and the host just kept, just kept repeating, you oh, know, well, there's some truth to all these things, you know. This I just. Oh, he's want a big conspiracy
1: the... theorist. Yeah. yeah,
0: I would just okay. want to give you know them some I uh give them some light because there's a little bit of truth in everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Playing the uh, basically playing the devil's
0: advocate for yeah, every conspiracy. Absolutely, theory. and you push him and you know, like, well, actually, what's the limit? Like, what do you actually believe in, these people? You know, no. do you actually believe in this? And I. I just struggle with these mm-hmm. nationalist groups. So when you're dealing with them, um, right, and and you're, you're getting information from them, how do you, like, one, not laugh at them? Two, like, what? Well, how do you? How do you take it home and think, well, all right, that's what they believe, and that's what it is. Or do you have this urge to argue with them and try to get them to see the light?
2: I feel like the big problem is arguing with them is a waste. Like they have their, their beliefs are so deeply entrenched, it's it's sort of it's just a losing battle. Mm.
1: Mm. But then, like uh, the, the video we watched, a really interesting documentary. I've told you mm. about. him, I think it's Daryl Davis. He's the yeah the, the yeah. jazz ex jazz yeah. musician the who converts, converts clan. The, yeah. the clan members, and he's really interesting because he seems to be able to get people to sit down with him and, and have a conversation. Because I think
2: his thing is like he spends a lot of time with them. Mm. Yeah. So sort of like he, it's a, it's like a, a long run kind of thing. Whereas if you just meet someone for five minutes and you sort of sit down and you go, "You're you're an idiot. Your ideas yeah. are, your ideas are bunk." It's sort of in that five there. minutes you don't have that chance to really actually connect with someone. Like yeah. if you want to if you want to change someone's mind, you actually have to have that connection where they will start to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely,
1: um, I don't yeah, think you can really do it on the internet either because no. you lose that. That human mm. thing, because you're not seeing the room face to face and saying, you know, I want to annihilate your people I, or something. And like also, it's, like
2: it's a lot of the places on the internet where these people, like the chains and that kind of stuff, it just becomes a um, an echo chamber, a giant echo chamber of people agreeing with each other. And then if someone posits a different point of view, they're like downvoted into oblivion. Mm. Yeah, or they get it's booted,
1: booted the, off. Yeah.
2: The, And so, it's sort of like, if you you can have a chance to sit down with someone, and over a long period of time, you can probably change their mind. Yeah. But... It's hard. Yeah. Because a lot of them, their their beliefs are just that entrenched and ingrained Mm. within them. Because a lot of them do deal with it from, like, a young age. Yeah. Like, there's that that whole thing of racism's not born, it's built. Mm. Mm. So, you know, your parents are involved, or that kind of thing. There's, um... Uh, his name will come to me now. Well, it'll come to me at two a.m. Uh, he wrote. So it's a, it's a book called American Skinhead. Uh, it's about the one of the youngest leaders, the Hammerskins, and the Hammerskins are like the most violent white power group in America. Basically, they're known for if you want to have a white power meeting, you go get the skins and they'll be they'll be security. They don't care. They just want to fight. And he basically was like, well, I didn't grow up racist, but I lived in a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, I'd had a couple of run-ins with a couple of the black kids. And then one night I met a guy who was like, oh, hey, you know, come on, we're going to go to a party. And it was the current leader of, I think it was um, a war affiliate, you know, the white Aryan um, White Aryan race party. And, um, yeah, and it just sort of went from there. He goes, oh, look, I found a family now, people who will protect me and look after me, and that's you know, and then he spent 15 years in it, and then finally got out when he had a kid, and all that kind of stuff, and yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's like, some sort of brotherhood and so that solidarity there. Yeah, that's, and, you know, yeah, it's that whole
2: thing that people are always seeking. Yeah. Sort of, they just want that connection with other people. Yeah. It's,
1: it, also, yeah. it's also really hard to infiltrate those groups, because I know like like some of the incel forums now, like, you basically have to answer all these questions to join and they try and wheedle you out and make mm-hmm. sure you're not, because they get so many um, people coming on the site to, you know, to either to make yeah. jokes or... See, see,
2: the big problem with that is, because I'm writing an article mm. on incels. Yeah. Um, or it might be a book chapter, we're not entirely sure yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there is language that they are explicitly looking for. Yeah. And if you say one thing wrong, they immediately know you're not part of them, mm. and it just becomes this. Well, what is this? This deeply ingrained language, and it's just like buzzwords and yeah. and keywords and that kind of thing. It's like it's the same with um, um, like the white supremacist groups. Yeah. There are terms and things and it's, it's a club. Just, it's a club. Yeah, <laughs> spelled with a K. You
1: yeah. Know? Um, or you're a gonna
2: club if you want to be a um. A clan member. Yeah.
1: You need to prove your virginity.
2: (laughs) Basically. Possibly. I
1: mean, like, you know, to to try and trick them into getting Mm. in. Mm. Uh, I was talking to there's somebody at this university doing um, his PhD in, in cells. Um, mm. I, I talked a little bit about, what, and he just said it's so hard now to get onto those forums that yeah. even to make an account, to even even not even be interviewing, but just using that material, that forum material, yeah. really hard to access. And also, even on Reddit now, because a lot of the groups are banned, there's all those like mock kind of, um, yeah. you know, Incel, what do they call Incel-tears, it? Incel tears. tears yeah. or brain cell or whatever, and, like, different sort of ones. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're just mostly used for mocking and they're taking things from other sites, but you don't know where it's come from. Yeah,
2: but that's, that was the, um... After the Christchurch shooting, and, um... They shut down things like 8chan, which is back now. Yeah. But, you know, just migrated servers. But things like that, Stormfront... um There's a couple other ones. But it's kind of like, you're not making it easier to watch these people. Because they will always go on these things and post these things. Yeah. But as soon as you shut down their sites, mm. they'll go underground. Yeah. You know, they'll make it harder for you to actually find them, watch what they're doing, and just basically keep an eye on things. Yes. And I think that's... Because there was... Um, uh, this morning, uh, a guy called Richard Holzer was arrested for planning to blow up a synagogue. Where? At, in, in America, oh. of course. Um, but he was done because some uh, it was an undercover sting. They basically went online and pretended to be a young white female who was also into white supremacy. And he basically gave up the plan. He's like, oh, here's me dressed in all this regalia with all these different um, white supremacist symbols. And this is what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, like, I love to know what the person pretending to be this white like how or kind of things they use and like pretending. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. But
2: that's it. That's it. All comes back to that vernacular.
1: Yeah, you
2: know they had to know the vernacular to use in order to basically get him to trust them. But mm-hmm. it's sort of like also the news article I read. I was just feel like, I can just imagine him being oh, okay, yeah, here's me, here's me, here's me. Yeah. Like, just straight off the bat. And it's, like, yeah, you really engage with them, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So.
1: Do, do you think that kind of censorship, so this, I find this hard, too, is, like, do you censor them? Do you cut out all their forms so they have to go underground? Because they're sharing, so, because they might, you know, they get in those sort of early incels that maybe just a little bit interested in red pilling or whatever, and then, mm. you know, then they can kind of rope them in, or do you keep it all out in the open, or how do you, how do you think you should if you keep it them? in the
2: open, you can keep an eye on it.
0: Yeah. It's
2: once you start censoring it, that people start going, oh, <laughs> this must be a dangerous thing. Let's, let's, you know, continue yeah. on with that. And that's what I'm kind of talking about at the double ASR, which is, you know, it's like, it's a gateway into more things. Because it's like, you have these people who are telling you exactly what you want to hear. You know, you may have this idea that, you know, feminism is poison or like, you know, mm. you're, not, you're not getting laid or anything like that. So it's, you know, you go onto YouTube and there's these people with all these views and all these followers mm-hmm. who are saying exactly that. And you go, oh, okay, and then they'll mention someone else who mentions someone else mm-hmm. who mentions someone else. And then you end up on Stormfront or, mm-hmm. you know, an intel forum kind of thing. So and yeah. it's, it is just a snowball, but as soon as you, you state that someone or something is dangerous, you'll always have those people who go, well, let's find do you out. To make why it I, more attractive, yeah, make it yeah. secretive
1: and yeah. a bit mm. hidden. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's interesting. But then I also like the idea of maybe being a little bit harder for those people mm. that maybe just sort of on the border to maybe actually it, it, get it. But it's hard to yeah. say, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, without being one myself, you know, it's kind of like I'm, I. I mean, I've never really sort of gone. Oh, that sounds dangerous. Let's do. <laughs> let's look at that. I mean, mainly because I do it already. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's. It'd be interesting to look at the psychology of a lot of this. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a problem. This this came up a couple of years ago um, when the royal commission was happening um, for sexual child sexual abuse here. I think it was Chris Hartney said the big problem is we can't interview people because we don't have as like a psychology degree. You know, we we can interview them about their religious
1: right, ideas, yeah. but we
2: can't then talk to them about. The sexual abuse stuff, mm. because we don't know the right things to say, or we know how to how to work it, or and that kind of thing. It's the same with with like this kind of stuff. So sort of like, do you want to sit down and talk to the people who join these groups or post on these forums? But we can't really do it from a psychological point of view. We can only do it from a sociological, anthropological, philosophical yeah. um, avenue, and look at it from that. But you can't really get a good mindset on them, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. Mm. Um,
2: Interesting. So, what drew you to this path? Like, why? <laughs> I wrote a um a paper in second year on um Asatru, on dark Asatru to be, to be fair. What's Asatru? It's the um reformed, revived Icelandic religion, um, and there are, so you got like a bunch of white supremacists who use it as a um. Oh, look at us, we're Viking descendants, we're in America, so we're just going to have white enclaves and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote that, and it was, it was just super interesting. And then I wrote a paper on the creativity movement, which is another American one. It's an atheistic white supremacist group. Um, it's a, created by a guy called Ben Klassen in the 60s. And it's just basically science above all else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very interesting in the case of they don't believe in a god but they believe that human uh, the white race is nature's perfect creation. So, you know, so there's like this weird science, nature, mm-hmm. religion kind of thing going on there. Um and I just fell into it. So you yeah. you fell into interest. What's that?
1: You mean you didn't fall into it? <laughs> no, I didn't fall Thank into joining. <laughs>
2: um, and, you know, as I, I, I always say that I'm kind of taking a silver bullet for a lot of people because I am white and I am male and
1: so you're our hero yeah
2: yeah my, my <laughs> cousin um, who was almost blown up by the Taliban once let's put that on the line um, she's a, a nurse she's mm-hmm. in um, this is on for nursing reasons uh, she worked for doctors without borders mm-hmm. but um she was saying aren't you scared like these people are gonna come after you and your loved ones I went I don't love anyone enough. So. <laughs> and they can come after me Or like, yeah, I don't really love myself either. So, so come
1: out with bro. bros. Come out
2: with your bros.
0: Please don't. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: please, please leave <laughs> for Incels,
0: if you are listening. I don't think they would listen to this. It's got too much woman content. What, well, you
1: think out of our 16 listeners, 60% in Australia and like 10, 12% in America? That we don't
0: have any
2: incels. Yeah, I, I don't so. think we do
1: no mm. i think it's a really interesting topic hmm.
2: right? oh yeah it's, it's it's sort of like especially with the whole great replacement thing mm. is it's prevalent and needs to be looked at like it's been around for like the last 10 years almost as, yeah. an, as an idea but mm. it's only after christchurch and a few other things that it's really yeah become in the mainstream mm. but it's the same with incels it took um, um what's the name the guy in um, canada To drive, to mow down people. on Mm. Even Elliot Rogers didn't get that much attention. It took someone driving a van. Because I think it was because, you know, like if Elliot Rogers had driven a car into a bunch of people, it would have gotten more newsworthy. I
1: thought he didn't hit the two. Mm. two? But then
2: he got out and shot people. And it was a shooting, because it's another shooting in America. Yeah, right. But a a van attack in in Toronto is kind of like, well, you know, this this is kind of newsworthy. Hmm. And so that's where the incel thing really sort of took off. That's when a lot of people, like people like Angela Nagel, started writing about them. Like even her book Kill All Normies came out in 2016, 2017, something like that. And that's a really good book. Um, But there's Hmm. just not a lot on them or about them yeah mm.
1: I think they're also just not just people interested in it and writing about them but people that are educated and, and actually looking into it and not just doing like because you can see the media all the time just getting it wrong like mm. and or just feeling the fire or you know we've had we've been talking about um the symbol of white supremacy yeah, the, so, okay the okay yeah. symbol which mm. you know everyone or you know Pepe the Frog everyone likes sort to of jump on these kind of like oh my god see, these are
2: the and symbols and that is that in itself like the okay symbol was literally just H N being H yeah. N yeah yeah and the media not knowing how to read that yeah and then it just went gangbusters and all of a sudden then you have the white supremacists like huh that's funny let's do it yeah mm-hmm.
1: but also yeah and also that there's so much stuff in those forums is um ir- irony yeah. it's ironic and it's not meant to be taken seriously and same even in and then you're walking that fine line because I don't know if you saw that documentary recent not recently like two years ago, the incel one. It had it followed like three different incels. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember their name. Um but yeah, they all were like different various stages. There was the first guys, the catfishing horrible Yeah, anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah. The, I the, think I might have sent you that link. It's possible.
1: Yeah. I don't know if, it, I think, it, yeah, there's a few going around. But anyway, what I found really interesting is there was the one of the guy. I think he was in the UK, he'd written, like, this song about Elliot Rogers being, like, yeah. driving down the road, Elliot Rogers and the news music... And he was a
2: gym cell. Like, he was pulling yeah, yeah, really into, buff. like, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and, and the reporter was, like, don't, or, like, the person interviewing was, like, don't you find this a bit weird that you kind of, you know, you've got this song and you're kind of validating, or, like, valorizing and he's like mm. oh no no it's just a joke but it's like there is this really fine line between seriousness and, and comedy mm. and um, you know banter in these communities and how is it it's really difficult as an academic to navigate whether they're being serious mm. is it just a joke or what's yeah. part and I think people in the media are, are often getting more Misses than there are hits, and I think that's. Yeah. I think cool. a lot
2: of the people in the media just see the first thing and then that's it. They yeah. don't continue down. Yeah. <laughs> they the like it's <laughs> start, yeah, they read the first comment. Yeah, they read the first comment. They don't read any of the subsequent comments, no, which just... is just other people being, <laughs> you know, being Chan members. Sort of. No,
1: they are rolling on Reddit. And <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I think it, I think it's great that we've got smart and you know interested people looking at this sort of stuff, and not just the, the media taking it on on a trip.
0: For sure. And for, for as much as their voices may seem like try, um, I think showing them for what they are is needed, you know, giving mm-hmm. them that space and time so mm-hmm. that we can understand the dangerousness of some of those movements, yeah. um, is, is actually a good thing to do. Mm. Um, and it will lead to hopefully a lot of good. Yeah. It yeah, will hopefully. hopefully.
1: Definitely. Um, should we wrap up?
0: Yeah. Any
2: plugs? Anything you want to say? Um... Check out the Religious Studies Project. That is definitely a thing if you're into Mm. religion and all that sort of fun things. We actually have a podcast on there. We talked about science fiction and video games. That was a good one. Yep. Mm. Um, Who starred on that? I believe that was all three of us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's why I said us. Um,
1: And you're the editor, right?
2: I'm the social media editor, yeah. Social Mm. media editor. Nice.
1: and we'll, we'll make sure we link that in the thing. Yes,
0: we will put that in the show notes. Mm.
1: Yep. And if any angry incels want to contact you, we'll put an email. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, feel free to stick my email. <laughs> yeah. 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 But my very test? professional... <laughs> yeah. um, I'll throw my cat at them, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Zero will we'll sit on them and possibly break a leg. He's <laughs> yeah. a chunky boy. Zero? Zero. Named after the Nightmare Before Christmas dog.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he no, white? Well.
2: No. Oh. <laughs> Mm. That
1: dog's white though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, does, he, does he have like, a, he a red nose? Series, yeah. Does he have a red mm. illuminated mm. nose?
2: Yeah. Yeah, zero. Nose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he Nauca, you should probably get that looked so. at. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably just leftover food. Mm. And, yeah. and you're a cat person as well. I'm an animal person. I if I had a backyard, I'd have a dog. But because I live in an apartment, I have a cat. Mm. So, mm. so academics and cats. Mm. Yeah, I think it's because they um, they look after themselves a lot. Yep. So it's like you just have to feed them and occasionally love them with pats mm. and then let them take your bed mm, and your yep. couch and Oof. your chair and your laptop yeah. and it, pretty much everything. So. We must be drawn,
0: you know, seeing some of our students are drawn to people that really don't want our attention. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's about it.
1: We're yeah. like clingy,
0: clingy <laughs> animals. <laughs> no. That's why we're not high school, primary school teachers. And, yeah.
1: Anyway, mm. thanks, Ray.
0: Yeah. Thanks right um and thanks for joining us uh we will be back next week with something we're not sure because this is pre-recorded um if it's before christmas merry christmas if it's after christmas merry christmas merry christmas (laughs) happy new year happy hanukkah (laughs) Hanukkah and festive season and we will see you anon Bye. bye bye